May 2nd, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Dafsamechhe Amud Bet. And before the lines get wide, it's about six lines up, or maybe seven lines up before they get wide. Uh, just very briefly before we begin, uh, the Gemara had, and uh, will a bit more, uh, been discussing for us uh, these individuals known as Ov and Yideoni. This morning's class is donated, as well as the learning throughout the week, by Charles and Norma Shehebar in honor of their new daughter. She should only bring them much mazal, nahat, and success. Amen. Uh, so the Gemara had been talking about this Ov and Yideoni, and the question throughout, underlying the text was of the Gemara was, is there any validity to these people, to these circumstances? We're describing situations in which, ostensibly, they're speaking to spirits, they're bringing forth life of some sort or another, and of course the Torah is telling us it's, forbi- it's forbidden. The question is, well, I understand how it was done, I understand why it's forbidden, I understand the people involved, and so on and so forth, but is there anything true and of essence that's taking place? So it sounds as if there's some sort of acknowledgement of essence, of essence. Again, it's not an idol per se, and uh, what's more is we have Shaul going to a Ba'alat of, we have Shaul, a story in the Navi in which he walks to, and the, Torah, the Gemara talked about it, to a woman who seems to bring forth the life or the being of Shemuel. Of course, the question is, is there something actually taking place? So the Mefarshim, because it's not simple to figure this one out, the Mefarshim debate and dispute this matter in this book, which I told you about a few days ago, in this book, In Od Milevado, it's a new book, it's, uh, I said 600 pages, it's gotta be more than 700 or so pages. Uh, it's a Likut, it's a Kedushat Ahduto Yitbarach Le'umat Kohot Shehitbi'a Baberiyah, it talks about the sanctity of God, in contrast to the different four that he put in nature, and it's gotten plenty to say about all such matters of demons and of and yideoni and kishuf and so on and so forth. So he brings, of course, it's a dispute amongst the mafashim about how to understand specifically that story with Ba'alat of. But in general, what's taking place when we refer to the of and yideoni? Are they actually bringing back life? or not, so there are different opinions on this matter as can be expected. Most notable uh, for our purposes, in my mind, is the opinion of Rabbeinu Avraham ben Harambam. Rabbeinu Avraham ben Harambam, of course, the son of Harambam, the uh, illustrious, the uh, successful, and Rabbeinu Avraham, who was the rabbi in Egypt for many years after his death, he says that the pasuk, if you pay careful attention to it by Shaul, and this Ba'alat of, says that Ta'ali, uh, you should bring up for me uh, Shemuel, as opposed to Tehayi, you should bring to life for me, Shemuel. I just want to say there's a careful distinction between is, he actually, is she actually bringing forth life or is she alternatively somehow bringing forth a mirage of such? In other words, says, says Rabbein Avraham ben Harambam, it says it's some sort of dreamlike, trance-like state of being in which they brought forth this and they were able to uh, correspond with it. It's not to say that the essence of Shimuel is there. It's not to say that nothing was taking place, but there's certainly no tahiyat ametim that's in play. He quotes from uh, Ibn Ezra in his commentary, Allah Torah, not to believe in any of this matter in terms of essence. He, terms, he quotes from others in contrast to say that there might be some essence, not validity, obviously. Again, this is a, uh, as, as Rabbeinu Abraham ben Harambam concludes that teshuvah, he writes, you should know, uh, 
we are very happy that we no longer have such a reality. He says, uh, 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 This action, this activity is lost from the world. We should only praise God for having it lost, having it uprooted. Ovenidoni are not realities we really have to contend with. Although, as the Gemara will tell us in the next few lines, there are other realities that might be somewhat still alive, maybe even specifically amongst our people. So what the Gemara is going to in the next few lines talk about is the continuation of that Pasuk in Sefer Devarim, the Pasuk we've been talking about throughout the last Amud, Amud and a half or so. Here's the Pasuk. The Pasuk is in Perik Yot Chet and Parashat Shofetim. Lo yimatze bechash, and not be found amidst you, in your, in your midst. Ma'avir beno ubito ba'esh. Okay, so that's what we described as molech. That's your moving or crossing your child through fire. We talked about the details of such. Kosem kesamim, some sort of uh, mystical, magical thing. Me'onen umenachesh umchashef. Me'onen menachesh mechashef are three words which seem to be all describing types of sorcery and witchcraft. We're going to, in the ensuing lines of the Gemara, deal with what each of those were. Chover haver, we talked about. Remember, you use uh, some sort of whispering way in which you bring forth animals. And the Gemara talked about if worse, you bring forth demons and spirits of some sort. Uh, it continues the Pasuk. Of v'yide'oni, of course, that's been the last... Several classes talking about those two, of and Yideoni. Then it says, Vidoresh el hametim. And if you inquire to the dead. Of course, the way we described of at the very least sounds like it's no different than Doresh el hametim. Doresh el hametim, you're inquiring of the dead. What was of after all? Of was an individual who inquires of the dead. The Ba'alat Ov is the individual in the story of Shaul who inquires of the dead in Shemuel. What's the difference between, is it just synonymous? Is it redundant in the Pasuk? Or is that something different? So that's where I bring you to the Gemara here. Again, seven lines up before they get wider or so. Says the Gemara, Sho'el of, two words before the end of the line, Hainu vidoresh el hametim. Speaking to and asking of an of sounds like it's synonymous. It's no different than doresh el hametim. Why would, why should the Pasuk mention them separately? If they're the exact same thing, answers the Gemara, they're actually different. Doresh lametim kedetanya. This circumstance, this situation which the Torah talks about, the isur of being doresh, of inquiring or demanding of the dead, will be explained by means of this beraita. The beraita cites the pasuk, vedoresh lametim. How would you do so? Ze hamar'iv asmo. It's a person who emaciates themselves, uh, a person who fasts and comes to the state of ra'av, they're so hungry, and then the next, the subsequent action is they go and they sleep in the uh, graveyard, they sleep in the cemetery. Kedeh, what's, uh, what's the mindset of this individual? Interestingly, the Gemara, at the beginning of Masechet Hagiga, in defining who a shoteh is, a person who is characterized as being out of touch with reality is a person who's lan This person, however, uh, is doing this purposefully. Uh, the the shote is doing it because they lost regular cognitive abilities. This individual has a purpose. He's starving himself. She's uh, s- sleeping in the beta kivarot. Why so? alav ruach tum'ah. So that there will be residing upon them this ruach tum'ah. Ruach tum'ah, loosely translated as a spirit of contamination. In other words, they're seeking some sort of 
dialogue, some sort of uh, ability to tap into ruhot hatum'ah, energies of contamination and of filth. Now the Gemara and the Torah doesn't help us to understand these matters better. The very least we do understand it's different than Ov. It's a little bit reminiscent of the Bil'am story where Bil'am has a lot of nighttime activity. Hang out until the morning, let me see what I can do overnight. Why the emaciating state? I think that's somewhat easily understandable as well. Anytime a person's seeking to tap into a matter outside of the physical world, while well, you try to diminish the physical world, a person who's seeking uh, connectedness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well, seeks, I mean the Mishnah tells us it at the end of Avot, seeks a life in which materialism is diminished. I can now free my mind, if done appropriately. Today it's a lot harder. Today on fast days, all we're doing is thinking about food. If alternatively, by moving away the food, I can focus my mind, my spirit, my essence on thoughts, on feelings, on connectedness, well, that's the way to do it. So that's what's taking place over here as well. That's Doresh Elametim, that's why it's different than Ov. Says the Gemara, there's a Musar to be learned from this. When Rabbi Akiva would arrive in in Parashat Shofetim, in Devarim Perek Yot to this Pasuk, as he'd be reading it, maybe as he'd been, be explaining it to the students, he would start crying. Why was he crying? Because he was scared of the sorcerers and the witchcraft? No, he had a Musar that was very real with regards to his own life and his students. If I can make a Kalva Homer of sorts and look at the fact that a person who, who starves themselves so that they come to the state of Ruach Tum'ah, of this filth spirit, and it actually is effective. Can you imagine a person who does so with the intent, with the purpose, with the mindset of getting a Ruach Tahara, connecting to truth, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the more so that person will be met with success. What's the Kalva Homer? How's this a kalva I, just a moment ago, explained it to you, maybe wrongfully so in rationalistic terminology. I said, when you starve yourself, you focus more on spiritual matters as opposed to physical matters. So what's the alahat kama vechama? What's the all the more so? It's either you're tapping into filth or you're tapping into cleanliness, purity. Rashi cites the derasha of the hachamim where they notice in the Aseret HaDiberot when HaKadosh Baruch Hu and elsewhere HaKadosh Baruch Hu contrasts what he'll do. I'll say chesed la'alafim. There are a thousand generations in which if you did good, uh, there's a midat toba, which is going to be paid back for thousands of generations. Whereas those who are wrong to God, what is it? Shilashim, Rebi'im, it's three or four generations. So even uh, inherent in the text of the Torah, the Torah tells us, for those who are doing good, I reward a lot more than those who are doing wrong, says Rashi. That's the interpretation to the Kalva Homer of Rabbi Akiva over here as well. The difference between those who are seeking bad as opposed to those who are seeking good is the difference between reward and the Torah. One gets rewarded so much more. Alternatively, Yad Ramah points out, Rabbi Meir Abu Lafia, he says that's a description of reward and punishment. We're not talking about reward and punishment in our Gemara, we're talking about reality. Are you tapping into the Ruach HaTumah or the Ruach HaTahara? Says Yad Ramah, liken this to the Gemara the Gemara over there contrasts a person who's going to sin, going to sin, not already sinned with regards to punishment, or going to do a mitzvah. And the words of the Gemara is a person who's going to sin 
potchino, they open the veil for him. They give passageway. A person who's going to do a righteous deed, a mitzvah, and nature and the forces of life will help that person. That's the difference here. So says Rabbi Akiva, if a person who's seeking ruach tum'ah and he's marivetasmo is successful, a person who's seeking ruach tahara, Rabbi Akiva has similar statements. It's a shame both Abi and Jesse are out for this because they're my Masechet Makot people. The Mishnah in Masechet Makot has Rabbi Akiva making a very similar statement. The Mishnah over there is Doresh, the fact that the Pasuk says in the Torah that uh, the, how many people, Al Pishenaim Oshel Edim Yakum Davar. How many witnesses do you need? Two or three? Which one is it? Is it two or three? So it's two. So why does the Pasuk say three as well? So different interpretations. One of the interpretations is that's considered a Nitpal Oseavera. Nitpal Milashon Tafil, ancillary, side. Uh, it means that even though you're number three, you get rolled in. Okay, what do you mean got rolled in? It means if they were Edim Zomimin, the first two, in addition, you were as well, you're all punished. Uh, we're all punished. All you needed was the first two. You needed two of us. You didn't do all three. You were going to punish all three of us? That's right. That's what the Torah says. Two or three. Says Rabbi Akiva, can you imagine? If God is punishing the two and the third one who wasn't necessary, he just hung around the sinners and he's punished as well. He was lying as well. He has the same ramifications as the other two. Oh, imagine a nitpal le'osei mitzvah. Imagine just tagging along to perform a mitzvah. Over there, it's easier than Rashi that it's midat tova, mirubami midat puranut. God rewards those who are seeking and doing good more than those who are seeking and doing wrong. Okay, that's the statement here in the Gemara. Aval Rabbi Akiva concludes the statement. So he's crying, or he would cry when he got up to this pasuk in the Torah. Can you imagine? Look at the mar'ivet asmo in order to be doresh metim ala had If we did this right, if we were doing this appropriately, we'd be tapping into almost ruach hakodesh. Nivuah, truths of Torah. So why aren't we doing so? Says Rabbi Akiva. What am I going to do? Sha'avonotenu garemulanu. It's our sins which have created a barrier. Shine emarkim avonotechem hayum avdilim benechem leben elohechem. He cites a pasuk in Sefer Yeshayam, which the pasuk says the havdala, the separation between a, a, appropriate connection. With God, with truth, is your avonotechem, is your iniquities, is your wrongdoing. Which means to say, putting it into the rationalistic framework, it works as follows. If I was pristine with regards to my spiritual concentration and focus, if my life was one which was singularly directed toward truth, be a lot easier to tap into truth. If I'm turning left and right and backward all the time and never focused specifically and only forward, it's a lot more difficult to tap into truth. You have people who have so much potential. I know students, I know children, I know adults who have so much potential, but they can't get the focus that's worked out. If you can't get the focus worked out, you can't tap into the Ruach Tahara, but I have the will and I'm doing all the right things. But if you're not focused appropriately, if there's Avonot in the, in the interim, it's not not a punishment, it's a reality. You won't be able to accomplish this. That's the statement of Rabbi Akiva. Concludes the Gemara on that statement of Rabbi Akiva, the Tana, Rava. Rava says, you know something? That reminds me, If this righteous wanted to, if they wanted to, uh, says Rashi, if they, were, uh, if they were able to merit it, 
If they were able to, the righteous ones really cleanse themselves, they could build worlds. They could build worlds. What are you talking about? The Torah tells us, Bereshit bara Elohim, et He's the only one. Building worlds is a description that the hachamim have for what it means to be Selim Elohim. Nefesh HaChayim, Bihayim HaValajan, at the very beginning of his book in Sha'ar Aleph, talks about what it means to have Selim Elohim, because of course the Torah describes creation of humankind with Selim Elohim. What's Selim Elohim? It's the ability to craft worlds. What do you mean to craft worlds? It means to be productive above and beyond just making money and making tweaks and bandages in this world. It means to actually be effective to the extent that you're almost touching on divinity in terms of your effect. The Gemara will get a little bit more closer to defining this. Yes, Rob? Is We're getting there. Give, it a, give me a minute. Oh, so, oh, interesting. Says, uh, says, says Rabbi, of course, reflecting the words that we have at the uh, end of the prayer every day, maybe at the beginning of the prayer as well, at the end of the prayer, certainly, right? Chachamim, those who are studying Torah, let's quote the righteous ones, are bonaich. They're building, they're crafting. Says Rabbi, it's not only done in the physical sense, it's done moreover in the spiritual sense. If we're doing it effectively, we're actually changing matters. Interestingly and ironically, of course, it's the words of the Nahash to Hava, as Rashi interprets them, Vitem Kelohim. If you eat from this tree, you'll be like Elohim. What do you mean you'll be like Elohim? Says Rashi, you'll be Yosre Odamot. You'll be crafters of worlds. Shema Yisrael, they already were. They had Salem Elohim. What were they missing? What were they deficient in? They were deficient in the absolute independence. Well, that's not what it takes to be Yosef Olamot. They already had it, says Nefesh Ahayim. Okay, it's the statement here of Rava. If we were to do it appropriately, if we actually lived life with open eyes and a soul which was open and directed toward truth, we could be Bore Alma. We could really fix this world. We could really affect existence in totality after all the pasuk says it's your sins it's the fact that you're distracted it's the fact that you're not singularly focused that separates you from me says God Rava says the Gemara let's just tell you a strange and cryptic story here Rava or Rabba alternatively he crafted a human being what are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. Rava just told us. Or Rabba over here uh, is, is, is the one who's craft, crafting a human being. I've been talking about it, not literally, Bore Olamot. He says, yeah, yeah, you create a human being. This is oftentimes what we might refer to as a golem. Everybody knows the myth and the legend about Maharal of Prague who created a golem, which may or may not have actually taken place. But that's the Gemara right now. says he created a person. I do not, let me be very clear, I do not take this Gemara allegorically. This Gemara has been interpreted for generations, literally. We'll talk about it in a moment or two, to what extent. But Bara Gavra, he crafted a human a being, a being. I don't even say golem, because golem we see as somewhat deficient. Uh, how did he do so? We'll talk about it in a moment. Shadre le derbizera. He sends that being in front of Rbizera. Havaka mishta'e behadeh. Vela havaka Rbizera is speaking to this being who's ostensibly standing in front of him, and the being isn't able to respond. 
Understands Rabbi Zera, this is no simple being. Amarle min havrayat. Are you from our friends? In other words, were you made by someone else? You were made by one of my guys, by Rabbah, Ravav, regardless of who the specific was. But you weren't made, you know, afa min hadama from Akadosh Baruch Hu. You weren't made from a mother and father and shelosha shutafim ba'adam. Hadala afrach, go back to your dirt, go back into the ground. That's the end of that story. Well, first and foremost, fascinating, there's no problem of, of killing him. There's no problem of murder on this being. That's interesting in and of itself. Again, these sorts of gemarot were so theoretical until, what, 15, 20 years ago when we started talking about cloning life. I just have to remind you of that. The Gemara here is talking about cloning life, effectively. Now, why can't he speak? Why is that the distinguishing factor between whether he was a regular guy or he's just a biriyah? Says Maharsha, the Pasuk says in Parashat Bereshit as well, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is by Pah Nishmat Hayim, he breathes into us that spirit of life, that we become a nefesh haya. that's what the Pasuk says. We become a living soul. Says Unkulus, says the famous Perush of Unkulus, he says, what does it mean to be a living soul? It's a ruach memalela. It's the ability to speak. The distinguishing factor of a human being is the fact that we can speak. It's the medieval uh, philosophers who characterized human beings as middaberim, whereas animals are high, human beings are middaberim, to be able to be middaber, to be able to articulate ourselves with words and be able to explain what we mean and how we understand that that's a human feature. This is not a real human being, says Rabbi Zera, if he can't talk. Well, that all being the case, how did Rabbah slash Ravah create this being? Says Rashi through a book called Sefi Yesira, through an entity, through a mindset called Sefi Yesira. What's Sefi Yesira? We have Sefi Yesira today. Sefi Yesira is a book which Zohar attributes to Abraham Avinu's writing it, irrespective of that Zohar. It's a book that's, that's ancient, regardless. And in the book, it describes the letters with which the heavens and earth were created. Uh, how do you understand that? No simple way to understand it. The Geonim understood that book in somewhat of a theoretical fa- fashion. The Geonim were very scared about anthropomorphizing and looking into actually these sorts of mystical matters. However, the Mikubalim for long have looked at this book as speaking certain truths or many truths. Now, what, is, what does it mean to create the world with letters and, and words? The Gemara and Masechet Berachot and Dafnunhe describes how Besalel, Besalel, Betzel, Kel, who was Besalel? He's the one who builds the Mishkan. He's the one who's involved in the construction of the Mishkan. How does he do so? Says the Gemara, Masechet Berachot. He knew how to use the letters. Shibahem nivra shamayim va'aret, which with his da'atev, unan, bina, he was able to construct the Mishkan, which means when I talk about true constructions, I speak not only about the physical sense of it, but I think about what goes into it. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, I've mentioned this on more than one occasion. People get all worked up. Why do you have to mention a gematria? What does that mean? The Mishnah Masechet Avot says, gematriot parparot lechokmah. Parparot means it's like a dessert for chokmah. Dessert for chokmah still means it's dessert. It means it's sweet. It means you don't have to be turned off to gematriot. I'm not saying it has to be your bread and butter. It doesn't have to be your meal, but it could be your dessert, right? So gematriot parparot. But why are there papa What is it? What's in it? What's in the numbers? 
numerical coding devices we can appreciate today more than ever before. You understand coding has to do with numbers that lies behind the entity. You look at the screen, what's really on the screen if you're a coder is zeros and ones and all that sort of business. I see, the, what are you talking about? I see images on the screen, but what lies behind it? When we talk about the value of letters and of numbers, we're saying encoded, there's something more there, there's something that underlies it. As a result, if the numerical value is identical, or close enough, I say the coding shares something and is telling you, the coder with a capital C was telling you, there's something in common over here. You should be looking at them and understanding them appropriately and along those lines. Sefiyasira, in turn, some sort of mode of thought through which you can construct with letters. Now, again, the construction is not a regular construction. This being wasn't able to talk. It's not actually walking around, but there is something there. Gaon Mivilna, he's uh, reported by his student Bihaima Valajan in one of the introductions to, I think, Sifrat Ditzni Uta, maybe. Uh, he says that I, my rabbi once told me that he was working on a construction of a being, and then he had a sign that he took as I should stop doing it because he was a young man, which is an amazing thing. When he was a young man in his teens, he was working on the construction. I mean, is there such a reality? Again, I accept this as reality. It's, why would he tap into it? It's an interesting question. We'll see in a moment in the Gemara today a reason for it in terms of constructing animals, maybe for food in some way or fashion. Why? Not fully certain. I can tell you, Hacham Sevi, that's Rabbi Tzvi Ashkenazi, just over 250, 300 years ago, he reports about his grandfather, that his grandfather created one. His grandfather got injured by one and so forth. He has a safik as well. What's that? Potentially. He has a safik. There's lots of theoretical safik. I mentioned one in the past. Again, they're no longer theoretical. They're very practical today. But his safik, this one, is, is, could be practical. I know for me and you, it's still not practical. In 50 years, that, that little, this might be practical. If you make AI, uh, you make a being, right? Can you be Misaref Leminyan? It's a crazy thing. We rolled our eyes at such a question forever. Mishnah Bura cites this question in Siman Nunhe. He quotes from Chacham Tzevi, who's uncertain about this. Says his son, Ya'avet, Biyakov Emden. He says, of course you can't be Misaref Leminyan. What's your safik? Remember the Mishnah, they're not Bar Mitzvah, but they're not Mechuyav and Mitzvot. If they sound the Shofar for you, it doesn't count. They don't count as part of the Minyan. As a result, Okay, so you brought forth a being. First and foremost, he can't talk. Secondly, he can't talk. He's not a real being. He's like a child. He's at best. He's like an Evit Kana'ani, if you recall, I talked about that in the past. But Birke Yosef, Maran Hachida, in Siman Nunhe, in his Birke Yosef, he deals with this matter. He brings a proof, if I'm not mistaken, from the Gemara Masechit Gitin and Daf. Uh, the Gemara over there talks about Rabili Ezer. Rabili Ezer needed a minyan, so he was Meshachreret Abdo. He, uh, he freed his slave in order to be Meshlim the minyan. He says, wait a second, says Birke Yosef. You could have held on to your slave and just create another being in order to have your minyan. Clearly, the other being is not sufficient for the minyan. All right, there's a debate, there's a discussion. As I'm telling you, it's more, maybe not for me and you, but they'll be listening to this, inshallah, if this technology still works. In uh, 50 years from now, it's, it's an issue. It's now an issue. It gets even more of the, more relevant in a way that was never in the next lines. Rav Hanina Rav Oshaya Havu Yatve Kol 
Lesha Beta, Rav Hanina and Rav Oshaya would sit all of Friday. Ma'alesha Beta, as they were entering Shabbat, that's that book I was telling you about. The book of crafting, which again we have today. I have it with several mefarshim. I have several versions of it. And they crafted and they created as a result an egel, that's a calf, tilta, tilta, either way, Rashi has two interpretations to it. It means a fat, hefty, healthy uh, calf. So they they created good meat for Shabbat. Why on Friday? One of two reasons that I know of. Rashba suggests that the way in which we tap into realities in this world is on the days on which they were created. There's something to be said for each day of the week. For the, we say it all the time on the holidays. The holidays have something unique and significant about that time period on what you focus on. When were animals created? On day six, of course. So their creation of an animal will be on day six as well. Alternatively, they needed food for Shabbat. You wanted to know why create this? They wanted to eat it on Shabbat because they would and then they would eat from it. Alright, that's the statement there in the Gemarat. Sounds theoretical, sounds nonsensical. We have lab-grown meat today. The question is, what's the status of lab-grown meat? Is it kosher? Is it not kosher? Does it have a status? Can it be eaten together with dairy and so on and so forth? Alright, we have something we can now trace back to and look at and say, they had such a reality, such a something back then. There's lots of midrashic stuff and tales about this one as well. I'll tell you very briefly, for example, it's, uh, it's well known the Midrash says that Yosef comes back, Yosef comes back from his brothers and he's talking Lashon Hara about them. What's he saying? Among other things, he's saying that they're eating Evim in says the Midrash, they're eating from live flesh. And secondly, famously, the Midrash says they're Oskim Ba'arayot, they're involved in illicit relations. So the Shalah Kadosh, if I'm not mistaken, be Levi Horowitz. He asked, "We're we talking about Shiftei Israel. We're we talking about the sons of Yaakov. They're involved with such stuff." Alternatively, he says there was a misunderstanding. Yosef didn't understand. They had just crafted an animal from Sefi Yisirah, and they had just crafted a human being who was hanging out with them from Sefi Yisirah. As a result, his suggestion is there's no problem of Evim in Hachai if it's crafted as call it cloning today, you could just take a bite out of it, scary, disgusting thought, but uh, that's the statement, and there's no problem of arayot potentially. What about basar behalav? There's another suggestion uh, among some, I think Rav Yosef Engel and others suggest this is, uh, excuse me, malbim, I, I remember this malbim, this malbim I, I used to very much like, the pasuk says, uben habakar asher asa, Pasuk says that Abraham goes and he makes a ben bakar. Of course, makes means prepare it, peshat. Alternatively, says Malbim, based on something, he crafts it. And says Malbim, I'll tell you what I solved over there. That's why he served basar behalav. He serves hema uben habakar asher He's allowed to potentially, which means they have sorts of thought with regards to cloning, with regards to lab-grown meat, how we will characterize these sorts of matters. You're not going to go to the bank on this because these are midrashim. We're not necessarily going to be learning halachot from them. But this is this is entered into the conversation. Needs to be anytime you're going to be having these sorts of conversations and discussions about these halachot. Just lastly, there's, uh, the Gemara with that finishes that conversation about these sorts of matters. Again, the sorts of matters in which the, why would the Gemara mention those? The Gemara mentioned those because we were finishing the statement of Rabbi Akiva, who was exclaiming, can you imagine what we could do if we set our mind to it, where Rava said, the Sadiqim could be Mivru Alma, they could craft worlds. Says the Gemara, let's take it one or two steps forward very quickly. Tanu Rabbanana Beraita, if you recall, the Pasuk mentioned not only the 
uh, of not only the Yedeoni, not only the Doresh Alametim. We started the class reading from Devarim Perek Yod Chet, Pasuk Yod, Pasuk Yod Aleph. It talked about a Me'onan or a Me'onen. What's this one? Oh, who's that? So you see in that a certain word in the word Me'onen. You see the word Ayin, maybe I, or alternatively Ona, meaning time. So it's some sort of witchcraft, some sort of sorcery, which has to do either with the eyes or with time. Who is that? What did they do? Rabbi Shimon Omer, Ma'avir Shiva Zakhur al Disgusting. First opinion, Rabbi Shimon says they would take the Shikhvat uh, Zera, the sperm of Sevdat Zakhur, of seven types of animals, and place it on the eye in order to come forth with this sorcery. Disgusting. But why? Where is he coming up with that? Firstly, maybe tradition. Secondly, that's Me'onen. Perhaps the most controversial, and we're going to wait until Dafsamech Zayin to talk about this further. Literally means he's holding your eyes. That's what we call magic for all intents and purposes today. Uh, so it means it's Asur from the Torah, it means it's witchcraft. Okay, we'll talk about it on Dafsamech Zayin. Suffice it to say, it is a debate. Suffice it to say, there was an uproar, not here, in another place, when we had a magic show because people said it's Avodah Zarah. Firstly, it's not Avodah Zarah. Second of all, if it's Avodah Zarah, what are you doing at this show with your children? It's Yiharek Vel Ya'avor. I can't understand you getting so excited. And lastly, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Zeham Mechashev Itim Veshaot Veomer, Hayom Yafel Laset, Lemachar Yafel Likah, Limude Arve Shiviyot, Hitim Yafot, Ikurek Kotniot, Mihiot Raot. We'll talk about what each of these mean. But lastly, Rabbi Akiva, when we'll get back and elaborate on what he specifically means tomorrow, he says it has to do with the time period. They're determining based on time period which makes us think about perhaps astrology, makes us think perhaps about horoscopes. Is Rabbi Akiva referring to that in this context, which the Mefashim do in fact debate. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.